We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, everybody? Another week playoff edition, Roto-Grinders NFL Food for Thought podcast. What a wild end to the regular season. And already there's so much drama and personnel changes and everything you could ask for jam-packed into wild card weekend coming up. Of course, Daily Fantasy was insane. Here we are. I'm the Looch, Justin Carlucci, your host here. I got my man, Will Priester, the Chief. What's going on, buddy? How are you? I, I don't know how I'm doing right now after... Uh, all my heart palpitations from NFL yesterday. What what a wild slate. And not, not for DFS purposes, for real life purposes. Uh, probably one of the most electrifying slates of the season all the way through Sunday night. We'll get into some discussion. I'm just going to cut my own self off so I don't go down a rabbit hole too early. Well, hey, that's what the people want here. And if you're newly if you're new to the podcast or you're tuning in for the first time for some reason, uh, this is not going to be your analytical podcast. You have Wednesday through Saturday to go anywhere and find that. We will tie in 
some uh, some vague look aheads because it's so tough on Monday night and a little bit of a preview uh, daily fantasy wise toward the end. But thank you for sticking with us this season. We hope you enjoyed some of the X's and O's talk and you know drama around the league and the debates that we've had and just uh, some things that we've been seeing. My personal favorite was the Eli Manning talk and you calling Aaron Rodgers the greatest game manager of all time. I um, I, I like the feedback we got for that one. But uh, we have a ton to talk about. We got a special guest with us today james rube joining us man dfs grinder what's going on man how are you thanks for joining us what's up justin thanks for having me on uh, i really appreciate the invite um i'm i'm super excited to talk about this week 18 we just had i'm in the same boat as you guys i mean it, it was it was absolutely crazy i loved watching those games and the the nightcap that chargers raiders game i mean could we have closed off the regular season any better way i don't think so I don't think we so. could have with a tie. Yeah. But we'll yeah, talk about that, that later. That would have been fun. You know, on last <laughs> on last week's podcast, we had Dre on and we had I said, what if like some imaginary land the Jaguars win? Right. Like we were laughing about it. And Carson Wentz pulled the Carson Wentz and and Rube, you're in the Northeast like me. And and funny story with how I stumbled upon your existence. Uh, we'll get to. But you turn on any dial here. It's. Eagles talk it's Philly talk and it was Carson Wentz for a really long time and and boy have the tables turned in I don't know if you know this maybe you saw my Twitter for some reason I am a Titans fan so I love the fact that the AFC South is running through Nashville and we got to take care of Carson Wentz twice this year but hold on hold the phone I tell us a little bit about yourself and you know I don't want to spoil your most recent I'm assuming one of your bigger fantasy achievements so how long you been playing daily fantasy or or fantasy in general for and you know where are you from what are you about man yeah man I'm from the northeast I'm actually a Chicago Bears fan from the northeast which is uh which is funny I'm glad that we fired Matt Nagy today and Ryan Pace but yeah I've been I've been in the DFS streets for years um for seven years now I always like to tell people that I played Kyler Murray when he was a true freshman at Texas A&M on FanDuel that's when I uh that I remember that as one of my early DFS memories but yeah yeah I'm at grinding NBA and NFL and and just anything I get my hands on even Call of Duty esports league during COVID times I you know any anything I can play but but I've been uh, infatuated with best ball for the past uh three years and and that's where I just had my uh my biggest win Ever. You were talking about maybe. No, definitely my biggest win ever for $250,000 in the uh, DraftKings 555 Playmaker. So, uh, yeah, super excited about that. I'm, I'm extremely grateful. And, uh, and yeah, uh, shout out to Jamar Chase. Man, you know, we, we talk about stacks and everything all the time. Chief, I know you probably got a question or two about his process, but my first question is, for you and congratulations, man. I know I've said it off the pod, but yeah, thanks. I appreciate just to that. make it official. Like how early do you start drafting these things over the summer? And do you play multiple sites? Uh, yeah, I play on, I, I'll play on underdog and DraftKings. Um, I used to play during the draft days as well, a few years ago um, from all those guys over there. Uh, and yeah, I, I always, I start drafting two weeks after the NFL draft. Um, I drafted about 500, 600 teams last year. I think it was so. Yeah, I only had two entries in that five 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 though, uh, and wow. that's actually a, that's actually a funny story because I was planning on putting ten of them in, and then my first draft it was the first five 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 draft I did was that team that won it, and I got the I got the eleventh pick, 
And I, I even said to some of my buddies, um, I have a group chat with buddies that I draft some best ball teams with. They do some DFS with uh, shout out to, to Matt, Joe and Scott. But um, I text them. I'm like, Oh man, I'm doing this five, 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 Jeff. I got the 11th pick. I was super upset about it. I was like, ah, I hope <laughs> Stefan Diggs falls. You know, I hope, I hope something happens. And, and then all of a sudden Tyree kill was sitting in my lap at, at the 11th spot. And, and I'm a pretty wide receiver aggressive drafter, especially on a full PPR site like DraftKings with the bonus. Um, so I was taking him as high as like fourth, fifth overall. So for him to fall in my lap at 11 and then me to, me to get JT on the turn um, in the second round, I, I knew that I had a really good team. Uh, so I, I didn't feel like I need to put 10 in once I, once I got that miracle turn there. Yeah, and if you guys want to see uh, Rube's 555 winner here, uh, check out his Twitter handle at J underscore Rube, R-U-E-B 15. Chief, I don't know if you have it up here, but let me run you down the the basic nuts of his lineup. But it, it couldn't have been more of a beautiful team for this season. Of course, he had Jamar Chase and and Joey Bengals, who's a staple of this podcast, by the way. We're big Joe Burrowers uh, on this podcast. But he had uh, your boy DJ Moore. Uh, Joey Bengals, man, on this podcast. Oh, yeah. He had <laughs> Joey Bengals. I'm a Joe Burrow fan. I love Joe Burrow. <laughs> Uh, so DJ Moore, I know, contributed early and often. So you had JT and you had Tyreek. Um, that worked out pretty well. But so where did Cooper Cup? He had Cooper Cup too, Chief. Where did Cooper Cup fall in this one, Ruben? And, and then Chief, I'll uh, run down some of the rest of his roster here so the listeners can check it out. Yeah, Cooper Cup was actually uh, my most aggressive target at wide receiver this offseason. I have a tweet from back in July that says Cooper Cup will be a top five wide receiver this season. <laughs> and I think um, like I think one? that's. Yeah, I think that that was an L tweet. Like, I don't even think that was good analysis because he was the wide receiver one. But I was just super on him. What I liked about him was two years removed from that ACL. He was getting the quarterback change. And um, I just he had a massive uh, red zone target rate two years ago with Stafford. And and I just liked him over, you know, an old guy like Robert Woods. So, uh, yeah, I I got super on Cooper Cup. A good year to be really aggressive on that. But, yeah, he fell to the late third. I specifically remember drafting this team and just like praying guys made it back to me and just everyone was falling and it just, it worked out perfectly. Like, and that's what it takes a little bit of luck. Chief, he's got the Sam Darnold, DJ Moore mini stack here too. Just uh, throwing a bone for the Panthers, but Hey, that, that worked early on that Sam Darnold had like two 30, 30 point weeks in those first four, four weeks. It, it looked great to start. Wow. Chief, uh, I know you're the you're the prop guy at RG. Um, you've seen a lot of best ball chatter across the industry, and a lot of our uh, colleagues here. Uh, you know, uh, Spike Week with Eric and everything he does. Uh, you you've seen some of the debates, like team no RBs, RBs don't matter. Like you got JT, and you kind of threw some darts. Tony Pollard, Ronald Jones. Um, you know, Tevin Coleman going on here, but well, well, each each of those secondary running backs had a couple weeks where I know it, it helped you out. Like, you know, you're not drafting Ronald Jones for him to get 20 points every week. No, no way. And I know he wasn't doing that. You know what I mean? No, actually, it's a big flaw in my process over the last offseason was I got a I got a lot of things wrong. I, I actually follow Eric at Spike Week a ton. I watch all of his shows weekly. He does a great job. Um, me and him have similar philosophies where 
I like to draft early and I like to be aggressive on those zero running back targets. And Ronald Jones was one guy that I really liked. I mean, coming off a thousand yard season in a really good offense. Um, I thought he would take some more of the early down work from Lenny and it, it clearly did not work out that way. So that was like a massive uh, loss in my portfolio. And I was also drafted a ton of those rookie quarterbacks, but uh, what we always say in basketball, it only takes one team. You know, it takes one team for the big hit. And, and that's why you draft early and you draft a little bit of aggressive on those zero RB guys. So you can hit, you know, the wide receiver one, wide receiver two and wide receiver three in chase Hill and cup. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, and, and you draft early ADPs changed so much in three and a half months with just industry hype and training camp news that you can really like the movement of, of certain guys. Like, obviously, you know, Cooper Cup was going later in 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 May and June, whatever it was, than he was like August fifteenth. You know, so yeah, there is definitely merit, you know, to having a, a diverse portfolio. I guess in terms of where you're getting your value on on all your teams. Um, yeah, I, I'm someone though. I- I'll be a little bit more aggressive. Like there's that debate versus diversity. Like say you really like the Bengals situation this year, T Higgins and Jamar Chase, they both ended up working out and being really good picks, but I'm way more willing to take a stand on one of the guys and draft like 60% Jamar Chase. And I hope I get a situation right at, because when I, when I'm right, I want to be paid off. I want to be well above the field and from a lot of people who have been successful this year and that I've talked to, those are the kind of stands that they're willing to take as well. Instead of just spreading, spreading themselves out like thin, like having 15 to 20% of players being like slightly above or below the field, they'll take super aggressive stands and hope that they're right. Um, uh, and that that's the kind of approach that I like to take as well. You fit right in on this pod chief. What do you, what do you like to say? We lock it in, baby. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I do consider myself probably when I'm playing traditional DFS, one of the more aggressive players. And I hit the lock button almost all the time. Like, because, because when I'm right, I want to be right. And, and Luch will tell you when me and Luch first started doing pods, I think I've sent Luch some screenshots. Listen, and this was a feat, by the way, this is, this was probably my most prized accomplishment, but nobody knows about it. I ran 150 lineups and got all 150 through and didn't come in top 10. Like I had the nuts everywhere. I just didn't have the, the, the one peripheral guy that I needed to get me all the way there. I'm, I'm in like, that was NBA, of course, but uh, they all cashed. Yeah. You don't remember that? I sent you a screenshot. <laughs> I, I mean, that was probably, that was during COVID or after I can't remember now, rough year. but like, that's probably my most prized accomplishment wow. that, Nobody knows, but I literally got 150, all unique lineups. Yeah. I locked in like five guys. My favorite and they, and lock they all button. Hit. Yeah, my favorite lock button that I did last year, I locked Dak um, in 150 in that Dak Atlanta game where he rushed oh, the touchdowns, put up like 42. Oh. Um, but I was, I think I was more on Julio than I was Calvin. So I was like super aggressive on, and Calvin ended up having like the two touchdown day. And, and I think I maxed the slant, the $9 on DK with it and I I cashed a ton of them but just didn't have you know the big the big top finishes I remember I made like a six percent ROI on something where I lock button Dak and I was you know I was pretty upset about that because when you get when you get the nut quarterback who outscores a guy by who outscores everyone else at the position by 12 points you really want to get paid off on that yeah I mean it's it's 
have a beautiful game we play, how right you can be, but right. ever so wrong at the same time, Absolutely. ever so slightly is, you know, six figure profit differential. And it's crazy. Um, can we please get Joel and B back in this game? Uh, <laughs> I, I know this is an NFL pod guys. You got, you guys know, I got props going on all the time. Just, just, just so I can get this off my chest before we really dive in. Mm-hmm. Took Joel and B tonight over 45 and a half points, rebounds, assists. It's nine minutes and 16 seconds left in the game. And guess where he's sitting at? 45. 45. Uh, good just, old just, just please Always. Always. get him in the game, rebound. I'm home free. Just, if, just if you lose, we might really get you off the rails tonight. <laughs> Listen, if 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 I lose this one, I'm I'm going to Antonio Brown. You guys, <laughs> jersey's coming off. I'm going to the locker room. I'm done. What um, what I, I before I ask you the big question, a bigger question: How many entries was a 555? Because I also see here. Uh, you won without a tight end. You had no points. Yeah, which tight is end. just crazy. Yeah. So that it was 2000 entries, 2000 entries and 59 max, 59 entry max. And, wow. and if you look at that screenshot, uh, shout out to dictator Teddy, who came in second, third, fourth, and I think it was like ninth or 10th. He actually made uh, 265K in the final round. I only made 250. <laughs> he, he had a few more entries than I did, but um, so I, so I think net, I was more than him, but, but he cleaned up as well. So shout out to him. I was DM DMing with him last week and he was a really cool dude as well. Those are two insane, uh, insane stories. I mean, gotta get that guy in a pod too. coming second through fifth. And like, how do you, you know, you net a lot, but at that point, do you just want the crown with it? You know, but he stole the yeah. crown and he had, you know, he had the second that that's insane. I mean, chief and I have had, and so have you have had some pretty mega DFS sweats, you know, uh, we both been the live finals and, you know, we, we play a lot of volume, uh, you know, periodically. W- was that sweat a different type of sweat than anything else you've been involved with? And like, it, what were the last couple of weeks through getting, did you have any close calls getting through to the title, the title game? Honestly, it, it's, it's my favorite sweat. I, I say every year, I really just want to have a team in that what used to be week 16, week 17. Now, like it, it's my favorite sweat by far. Um, I had some close calls, um, in the first couple of rounds, because the, the structure, the way that this one worked was you had to, you had to win your regular season. I was ahead by like 200 points in the regular season. The regular season wasn't even close. Then I had to win a six man and a five man to make it to that 11 man final. Um, the, the two weeks ago, the week 15, I absolutely crushed. I had like Gabe Davis get two touchdowns. All, all my guys went off. I Cooper cup put up like 37. I needed 12 and a half from Cooper cup that week that first week on that um when they played that Tuesday game and he and he went off for two touchdowns so that I wasn't I was sweating that a little bit going into the last game needing something from it but I mean with how consistent he's been this year um I knew I had it but uh, on last Sunday was I mean it was awesome I knew that Jamar Chase was a uh a leverage spot for me because there were five T Higgins teams that advanced from the week before there. Uh, I just so happened I faced zero T Higgins teams in my five man the week before and then faced a ton of T Higgins in the finals and I was the one with Jamar Chase. Um but that was the thesis behind my draft was that Burrow Chase and Hill stack. I mean, I've been drafting it all off season. I have tweets about it that release release the schedule so I could know my week 17 stack and that was one I circled right away. And he had that ugly narrative, uh, Chief, 
before the season, El Jamar Chase drops the football. He can't see oh, so much for that. Uh, oh, it was, it was awesome. I was scooping oh, him up yeah. like crazy. And that's why you're talking about like ADP is like a market where I was drafting a ton of T Higgins when he was cheaper. And then the second it flipped, it was, it was all Jamar Chase. I mean, he fell to the five, six turn in that draft where I got him. Wow. So, I mean, that. That was awesome, especially with someone with his prospect profile after we saw how good Justin Jefferson was two years ago and Chase outproduced him in college. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a no-brainer that Jamar Chase was going to come in and smash, especially with uh, Joey Bengals. Joey Bengals, yeah, he's a, he'll be a favorite of the pod um, unless my Titans score up with him. And, 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 and I don't know if you've ever listened to our pod here, but we do a story time segment at the end where we – and we like to relate with the people and we kind of have the barbershop feel here. And we just talk about something crazy that's happened to us lately or just a funny story. I mean, you're already telling us the crazy story now. So maybe you're getting yeah, right. your story time out of the way. But <laughs> um, Chief, my uh, part, I guess a little bit of my story time is I, I saw Rube's profile and said he's from Broadheadsville, PA. And I grew up in Lehighton, which is also the middle of nowhere. Uh, I live in Berks County, PA right now also the middle of nowhere, but I was like, Broadheadsville, that's the next school district over. I said, who the hell is this guy? If there's someone playing volume in DFS within 50 miles of me, I typically know who they are. We eat at the same KFC Taco Bell, my man. Like yeah, I've been there have. a million yep. times. I've so. sat on that long line. <laughs> uh, the line is still around the corner. Don't worry. Every night. It's crazy. They need to, they need to put up more restaurants in this small little town. Everyone's yeah. moving here. Don't judge us, Chief. We have nothing here, right? Taco Bell yep. sometimes hits the spot, my friend. So, no uh, judgment. <laughs> if the bell goes off right now, I'm gonna have to walk off this pod. You seen those commercials? <laughs> the With bell the, goes off and people just leave their post. And they, I go they Antonio that. Brown, it, my friend. Yeah, that, that's what. So listen, let's talk about that. That's actually what happened, to Antonio Brown. He heard that Taco Bell sound, and he had to just he had to leave the stadium. And Antonio Brown sure was on guys, Rube's team. What was yeah, going he was on my team. Head? What was going through your head when he walked off? Did oh, you need my him God. I, I needed him. And I, you know what? It was perfect game script. Down 14. I know Ronald Jones got hurt. I really needed him. He was one of my only RB2s. But when I see him walking off, I'm like, did I really just see that? Did oh, I just yeah. see Antonio Brown quit mid-game uh, when I needed him? And I was the only one with him in the final because I got super lucky with the Fournette and Godwin injuries, getting Rojo and AB through. They really helped me the week before, each having 20. So, uh, you know, I they were a big leverage point for me. So watching him walk off, I was like, oh, my God, you've got to be kidding me. And it was right after, if you guys remember, Tyreek Hill dropped that big pass too, the long pass. Um, I was like, uh, it was just spiraling for me right there. I'm like, oh, everything's going wrong now because the second Chase scored that second touchdown, I was in first place and I never gave it back. So, congratulations, man. That's that's an Thanks. epic story, and uh, we know we know how people we know how the lifestyle is when you grind away at DFS, props, sports betting for as long as you do. Uh, you know, you could be having the worst year ever, and it all comes back in one day, and and you know. Um, that's the beauty of it. And Hey, sick draft, you deserve it. And, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing you on the DFS streets a little bit more, check it out. His, uh, winning team lineup on Twitter, uh, J underscore Rube 15 without further ado, I know we have a lot to talk about. It's been a, a wild end to the season chief. I'm going to pass it over to you. I know you've been itching to talk about some things we've seen this weekend. So, so first of all, let's talk about some bad beats that I experienced this weekend. And I've probably talked about this on every show and I just don't care because the Ravens have single-handedly 
indirectly or directly, cost me so much this season. And I mean it. So for those of you that are in the prize picks, they have field goal props. And uh, Justin Tucker is a staple over there, uh, along with a few other people. And on two occasions, two, not one, two, Mr. Harbaugh decides to go for two instead of kick the field goal and and go to overtime and and cost me, you know, pretty good money there. Um, Yesterday, the Ravens don't play any defense and allow the Steelers to drive down the field and kick this this field goal and tie it and send it in overtime. Has nothing to do with any Ravens props, by the way. I had Big Ben under passing yards in that game. And uh, absolutely is uh, is under in regulation. Goes in overtime and just goes well over that two twenty five and a half that that I hit the the under on for the for the slip. Um, man, what a bad beat! Guess what though? Does not trump this bad beat which are the Indianapolis Colts losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars and don't get into the playoffs. All you have to do is win and you're in. How in the world do you lose to the bottomless pit of misery that is the Jacksonville Jaguars? So many organizational flaws, so many problems with their head coach, and they go into Jacksonville and lay the biggest stinker of their whole season. Here's the interesting part, Luch. The Titans did this very same thing, but it was at the beginning of the season when it didn't count as much. And so did a bunch of other other teams, like the Buffalo Bills. You can't lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars in the last game of the season when your playoff life is hanging in the balance. I just, what in the world happened to that team between practice and the football game on Sunday? Because that was just uninspired football. Okay, I digress. Please, please. (laughs) Well, I I think the talent gap in the league is much smaller than the public wants to admit that maybe nobody is actually bad. We talk about it. Every team has. Oh, least, no, 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 no. That's a lie. That's not a lie. Every team has no. at least two clunkers this year, at least. At no, least. no, 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 no. The Jaguars. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Luch. Maybe, maybe they were misguided for about 10 weeks with Urban Meyer. I, I okay. Mean, so, Luke, if yeah, that, okay. big coaching change is big, I would give them a pass <laughs> if they were good for the past two out of the last three seasons. I'd give them a pass. I agree. I, I'm the this last team person. has been bad. I'm the last person to defend the Colts. <laughs> as a okay, Titans okay. Fan. Example. I would give the Giants a pass if they've been good in the last three seasons. They've been terrible. That was their Super Bowl, man. There's emotion. Okay. They played up to it. That was okay. the Super Bowl. Watch this. I'm going to give the Browns a pass because they've legitimately been good at least one of the last three seasons. You don't get to be bad three, four seasons in a row, and then we give them a pass. The Jets have been bad. They're terrible. I don't care if they beat whoever. They're still a bad football team. They're a bad organization. 
Well, bad teams win sometimes. It's just if you're if you're the Colts, you can't drop that game. Correct. That's all I'm saying. Rube, I can't believe they're letting the playoffs continue without the two darlings, the Colts and the Chargers. So, I know, man. Is there, Especially, there... I've been I've been drafted a ton of these playoff best ball best ball drafts, um, and you know it it's been flipped on its head uh, here over over the past couple of days with uh, with some of these upsets for me, what I saw with the Colts that, I mean, their defense just could, could not get off the field. It, it was pretty sad. I haven't seen the fact that they made Trevor Lawrence look that efficient uh, is, is pretty bad. And you know what? You drop that game. You don't deserve to make the playoffs. So, so I'm glad things, you know, shook out the way they did because dropping that game. I mean, it's inexcusable. We can drop the Jonathan Taylor for MVP. Yeah, definitely too. dropped that. You know what? There were a ton of wide open holes for him as well. Uh, it was just their defense. And then, you know, Wentz with those turnovers. It was bad. That was a rough one. No excuse for Indy. Uh, they haven't won in Jacksonville in a while. Did you see that? Like it's Since been 2014. A- yeah. So <laughs> still That's no nuts. excuses. I can't sit here and be like, well, the Dome team goes south because it is the Jaguars and the the timing of that i mean of course some of that's on carson went some of that's on coaching i mean are did they really snooze into that game you know being thinking i will beat up on the jags like we typically listen, do listen i had carson Wentz unders yesterday those worked out fine but there was a reason i had his unders because i expected jonathan taylor to tee off on this team and uh you know that was my anticipation so so from a props perspective it didn't, it didn't bother me at all I'm just disappointed when, when you're trying to turn the corner as an organization, these are games you just cannot lose. Like you, you can't lose these games, right? Look, look I'm going to hop on another case. Staley, you can't lose to the Raiders. You, you just can't do this. Right. I mean, th- and I'm not saying the Raiders are bad, right? They had a, a reasonable, respectable season, but nothing's really changed with the Chargers. They're still not – they've had coaching changes, what, at least twice now? And it's the same results. Better record, but they still can't close games. It's like a, It's like some something's haunting their locker room. They get in the fourth quarter and they just have to mount these massive comebacks. It's, it, it's, it's terrible. I, I, don't, I don't understand some of these coaching decisions. And I have to just keep digressing. I promise I'm not upset or mad. I'm just passionate about – Awful football. I, I do think the Raiders got got pretty lucky last night. They got bailed out. They had that muff punt. Uh, I mean that that pass interference in the end zone that was you know thirty. The ball was thirty yards away. He had no chance of catching it that they called before the half. After, I mean, they got the third and twenty three draw. Like everything lined up perfectly for the Raiders to beat the Chargers last night. The fact that it even went to that overtime and the Chargers had a chance to win it. I mean, is pretty crazy. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not the biggest Raiders fan. Like I, I know that they've played some inspired football over the past couple of weeks, but going into the playoffs here, I think Joey Bengals uh, is going to beat them up on Sunday, but we'll see. Listen, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't give teams passes when it comes to close out games. Rube, let me tell you why the chargers had their chances to Jalen Guyton bailed them out with a huge catch down the sideline at the end of that game. They had their chances. I mean, fourth down after fourth down and they kept, fighting but they shouldn't have even made it to that point that, that's what I'm saying you overall their team is more talented in my opinion has a better quarterback 
uh, a little bit younger, a little bit more upside, you know, for the future, and essentially should have had a better coaching staff. Yeah, I agree. But, no excuse for the Chargers to lose that game. No excuse. They that that's a game they have to win if they want to be yeah. taken seriously. They can't play a game like they did against the Chiefs a few weeks ago. Correct. Thank everyone's, you. Everyone's super excited about them, and then you know, yes, they had their their COVID issues against the Texans. Fine, they dropped that game, but this was the game that mattered. It's the only one that mattered. Yeah, it's the winning getting game. You know, I think yeah. for me. Okay, La- last thing, lose my bad. I'm so sorry. No, please go for forgive it. me. This is why, if I'm the coaches, listen. There's a gentleman's agreement. There's a gentleman's agreement that goes on before this game, and I don't mind if I tell the media. Look, do you see this? We both want to get into the playoffs. We're going to compete, but if it comes down to the end of the game, we're tying this thing because I want to get in. I'm kidding. It's all about winning. I, I'm I'm kidding about that. Okay, but ah, just. Just, just awful, awful, man. Anyway, Luch, hop in here, man. Hop in here. No, you know, we. I, I made a case for nobody in the league actually being bad or good enough to have a couple ceiling games on another team's bad day. There are so many ways to get lucky, or or there's there's hidden 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 victories throughout a game. You know, uh, a, a classic Carson Wentz underthrow, getting a pass interference call or something, ball at the one. Uh, there are so many ways. You know, one play changes the whole game. And when a really bad team can get a really good team on their worst day, that's what we've seen a couple times this year. That being said, I know there's been some inconsistencies and there have been a lot of teams with a lot of bad days. I mean, the Titans have laid eggs, the Cowboys, I just think of getting destroyed at home by Denver. There's some games, you know, obviously we talked about the Colts getting them handled by Jacksonville. And I think I'm being polite there um, two days ago. But it's the way it's shaking out. The Raiders, the Bengals, and the Chargers have just shown me a little bit more inconsistency than some of the other teams. Right when I'm buying in, you you mentioned that a couple weeks ago. It's like we're taking two steps forward and then one big step back after a a bad beat or a bad game or just a ridiculous loss. So I I don't know what it is. I don't want to say those teams are soft, but I feel like they're all missing a dimension. Like the Chargers couldn't stop, can't stop the run. They gave up the run the whole season. What beats them at the end of the game? A Josh Jacobs and the timeout helped, I guess, depending on who he asked. But the run beat them at the end of the game. That last run put them in field goal range, right? The Bengals, I, I don't know. Like, we, we talked earlier in the season about their identity. And it's like, Mixon's a great talent. They don't have the best line in front of them. Are they going to totally turn the keys over to Joe Burrow, which we've finally been seeing? We saw that game against Cleveland like two months ago where they drove all the way down the field and Burrow threw a pick six to Denzel Ward like 100 yards. And right then I was like, is Cincinnati having identity crisis? And then you have the Raiders who, huge win, awesome for them, but are literally having identity crisis with all the management turnover they've had and trying to find themselves. So the fact that they're in the playoffs is just kind of mind-blowing with all the stuff that they've dealt with. So I, I, I don't know. I, I'm Those three teams – and of course, they're all, um, you know, uh, two of them are out west. I, I had a had a hard time like figuring out if they were for real or not. So it was kind of cool to see two of them battling it out on Sunday. And we, we talked about coaching decisions. And Staley was like the poster child of coach of the year through like two months. And we're on, you know, we do what we do because we like analytics. Chief, me, you, we like analytics. We like the data and a lot of advanced stuff you're seeing online was saying that Staley made the right call going for it on fourth on his own what 
20 or 18 or something like that. I, I don't know if I agree with that, despite whatever computer simulations are throwing out there. And I look at data for a living and that that was that was we talked about being aggressive and hitting the lock button. That was like, you know, locking in a min price guy who's going to play 16 minutes. I, I don't know. Like, what the, what yeah, the analogy I think for me, is. it's the play calling that I just couldn't get behind. You know, they they line up in I formation and, and jam Austin Eckler right up the middle on third and two. And then that's, that's what they run it back with on fourth and two, when you have all this talent at receiver and, uh, and Justin Herbert, you know, so you don't allow him to use his legs at all. It's just like, you're trying to win up front where that's not what your strength is. Honestly, you know, the, the Raiders have a, a, have a great front four, one of the most underrated front four in the league, arguably. Um, and, you know, I, I just didn't really like the play call. I, I'm fine with them going for it, it, but if that's the play call, go ahead and punt. You know. Yeah. What do you think about that call, Chief? It, it can't be any worse than a quarterback sneak on on second and nine. <laughs> I mean, good gosh, I I take that call any day over a quarterback sneak on second and nine. Back to that game, though. Uh, I, I'm with Rube. You, you got to call something different there. Um, I mean, God, go for the old Tim Tebow jump, jump pass or something like let's get creative, but let's not try to jam in Austin Eckler in the middle twice. Like you just, you just can't do that. I mean, when you've got Keenan Allen that you can just throw in the slot for literally a three yard slant off the line, he, he's going to beat his defender on any slant, any cornerback in the league, I would say. And, And I mean that wholeheartedly. I have enough faith in Keenan Allen for us to get a timing route down on fourth and two. All we've literally got to do is throw the ball at his feet. He'll catch it. No need to jam Austin Eckler there. I'm with you hundred percent. I mean, look at what, look at what Mike Williams was able to do in one-on-one coverage in the fourth quarter in overtime. Why, I mean, why didn't they try to take advantage of those matchups earlier? You know, he, he's extremely talented and he was winning in one-on-one coverage. Why, why did they not try to take advantage of that earlier? All quarter, like, like not the whole game, really. If they just would have focused on that, it once again, man, the coaching, the coaching. Well, there's the classic philosophy balancing. We know Staley's big, a big analytic, a big advanced metric guy. I I respect that, Uh, but it's like identity and advanced stuff. Identity, like jamming Austin Eckler, is for sure not their identity. Maybe, maybe the run play was like what he you know, what he knew in that situation was successful more times than not. But you want to talk about identity, they're uh, air it out, play action, get Herbert moving a little, finesse finesse through the air. And, like, you can do that against the Raiders, too. I'm a little, you know, I I think the aggressiveness is crazy, but I feel like I just got off a ranked match playing Madden or something. Yeah. I mean, look what the Chiefs are able to do against that Raiders cover three. We know they're going to sit in it all game. And they were doubling Allen on the inside. They, I mean, you heard the broadcast talking about it as well, trying to take him away. And, you know, they just didn't try to take advantage of their, their one-on-one outside matchup. So, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not here to say Staley is one of the – is fake sharp. I do think he's a good coach, but uh, I, think, I think he needs to, you know, analyze his decisions a little bit better and maybe refine his process uh, going Look, into next season. Look, man. This is an insult, okay? But it's not an insult to the coaching staff. It's really more for comic relief with a hint or pinch of seasoned seriousness. We could pull out our Madden playbooks and call better than that on fourth and two. 
PA Crossers, baby. Light them up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, if anything else, run the same action and run a bootleg. Justin Herbert can probably run for it on the outside. I'm serious. Like, you know what I mean? Like, come on, let's let's call something that's safe that we can still get get it. Safe is not Austin Eckler between the tackles, the, the A gap on fourth and two. That that's not it. How do you not right. trust Herbert at that point, Rube? Is that is that a, you think that's a shot to him? He he couldn't been happy with that. Let's hand it off to Eckler. Like I, I don't know. That just is bizarro world. I think. No, it's not Eckler's strength as well. It just he right. did. He, he didn't coach to the strength of his team in that moment. Um, I, I like one thing that coaches do that drives me crazy when they're trying to take these analytical approaches is that you'll see a coach like not sure if he's going to go for it. The play call, the play clock goes down. They call a timeout. And now they're like, all right, now we're going to go for it. They, they don't realize they're ruining all of their edge by now. They're wasting a timeout and they waste all this clock. And now the defense has time to prepare. One thing I like about Staley is at least he knows it. At least he makes up his mind. He sticks to his guns. And you know what? He gets up in front of that presser and he freaking wears it. You know, yeah, he wears it right absolutely. on right on the shoulder. So that that's the that's the one thing I have for him is respect. But I I do think that is a little bit of shot at Herbert there in that moment that he didn't trust him. Chief. Well, here, here's what you can't do. You can't call a timeout and kick a punt. Because then it gets real bad, yeah, right? Yeah, that's like, real bad. That, that's, some Joe Judge, that's some Joe Judge decision making. Exactly. Yeah. That's God. <laughs> I'm muting myself because I, I can distinctly see Joe Judge doing all of these bad things. Like, oh, so weird. The guy that used the desktop and pen and paper to draft in the NFL hires a coach that can't figure out a play in enough time. It's just weird how that works. We'll get to Joe Judge and some coaching stuff shortly. Let me get before we get on to uh, some other results and you know talk about some big wins. J- Chief Justin Herbert is a top what quarterback next season? What kind of leap are we going to see? If you guys can see me right here, I actually have my eyes closed thinking on purpose because I'm I'm trying to think about all of the other quarterbacks. So so. And hear me out, Luch. I think it's all it all depends on what happens with some of these situations and the quarterback carousel. So Patrick Mahomes is staying in KC. I think Tom Brady's coming back. But I'm not I'm actually not so sure. Like he could he could essentially retire. Is Deshaun Watson going to be back in the NFL on a different team next year? And is Russell Wilson going to a contender? Those are my questions. The reason why I bring that up is because I feel like a lot of times we measure quarterback success by their ability to win football games or the ability of their team to win football games. Let me say it that way. And while Justin Herbert may make a leap, are the Chargers as a whole going to make a leap? That, that's what really concerns me with that team. Because as it stands right now, as bad as the Chiefs played the first, what, eight weeks of the season, you look at the end of the season, they're still the best team in that division. And they're practically still the best team in the conference almost. And, and that's my concern with Justin Herbert. I, I think he's going to be fine as a quarterback, but is his team going to help him win football games? I, I, can't, I can't answer that. 
I think the one thing that's beneficial for them is they still have Herbert under his rookie deal and they have like the fifth most most cap space in the NFL going into next year. So I, I think they're going to make some changes, hopefully to their front seven, try to help stop the run a little bit, and that'll help their overall team outlook. Uh, if you don't mind me hopping in, Luch, I, I, I'm willing to put Herbert as a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. No question. Just Oh, yeah, I'll give him top 10. I'll give him top 10 for, for sure. sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, and I agree. There's a lot of variables that could go into that. Um, I personally do think Watson finds a team next year. I think Russell Wilson will go to a contender. He He's over his situation in Seattle. Um, one point that you made is really funny is talking about how bad the Chiefs were for the first eight weeks and everyone hitting the panic button. And now it's like, you know, they have better odds to make the Super Bowl than your Titans do, Luch, uh, as the two seed right now. Well, it's insane. Absolutely. I mean, listen, I personally wrote them up. Something was wrong, though. Like, I don't care what anybody said. Something was just messed up. Maybe they weren't engaged. I, I don't know. But they were just off. They just – they didn't even look the same. And then one week, they got a little better and then a little better and a little better. And then by the end of the season, you're like, well, wait a minute. Oh, my gosh, they've already won eight games, nine games, ten games, 11 games. Wow. They're, they're back at the top of the division. And so – you know, I, I think they've had to make some adjustments, right? Like Tyreek Hill can't he's, – he's not going off for 190 yards every game, right? They, they had to make some adjustments. You know, the emergence of um, – oh, God, of Pringle, right, has helped this offense. Different things they've had to do to become a more successful football team. And, you know, they got some people back on defense. Like Things just happen that, that help them, them get better. Uh, as the season wore on. And so, you know, once again, they're back at the top. They had yeah, two, think- they had two get right games within a calendar month against the Raiders who they beat the snot out of twice. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. About I think that. for me with the chiefs is Patrick Mahomes just plays uh, extremely high variance form of football and those first eight weeks, everything went wrong for them. You know, it was just ugly interception after ugly interception. But then, like you said, in the Raiders game, I mean, they took the top off of them. Tyreek Hill went crazy. And that's the kind of like upside that they have. But listen, it wouldn't surprise me. I was a little bit nervous if they had to run into a team like like the Colts who could win at the line of scrimmage against them and kind of neutralize Mahomes, keep the ball out of his hands. And you know what? It, the Patriots are a team like that. If they're able to get through Josh Allen, um, you know, they, they could give the Chiefs some, some, uh, some trouble. You know, I think, I think I'm just speculating here, but I feel like just watching Mahomes the first half, like maybe went through that spurt where he just tried to do too much. Like now he's taking his check downs now, being a little smarter. It's almost like Josh Allen of, of two years ago. And I'm not comparing that, but that's who Al, Allen tried to do way too much two years ago. And now he, he's totally settled in and, and things have slowed down and, uh, you're right. Something was off, Chief, but uh, that that has certainly changed, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how this thing shakes out. You know, they drew Pittsburgh, and we will segue there. Uh, Pittsburgh overtime bloodbath of an AFC North like that's late '90s Steelers Ravens football, and somehow, some way, Ben Roethlisberger lived to see another day, and. What a disgusting game that was. <laughs> Najee Harris, by the way, has not fumbled this year. What what a feat for a rookie. Most touches in the NFL. Playing behind that line. And, and came back in hurt, too, like late in the game. Just magically showed up. I was like, what is this? Crazy. 
the, the, Ravens, the Ravens were on top of the AFC about what five weeks ago, and now they're out. What that's a, that's a that's their coach's fault. And I, I come on, come on, guys, you got to agree with me here. That's all on Jim Harbaugh. That's not on Lamar Jackson. That's not on Tyler Huntley. That's not on. That's on him. You go for it on on. You don't. Okay, two games. You've got the best field goal kicker, pretty much in football. And two games you go for it and say it's because we're down bodies. And those two decisions cost this team the playoffs. This game would have been meaningless if they win those two games. One of the games he had Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Anyway, sorry. Just just had to get that off my chest yet again. You know, there's aggressive. Some people call it aggressive. Some people call it stupid. Some people call it the right move. I I don't know what they were. The jury – the jury's out now. It's easy to say now what the right move was. But, I mean, the Ravens are on the outside, and they'll be watching. Hey, I guess hats off to Pittsburgh. They have no offensive line. Roethlisberger is a complete shell of who we knew. You know, they you know Juju goes down early in the season. They've had de- injuries defensively. You know, Mike Tomlin did his thing, uh, and they got in. The goal was to get in somehow, and it wasn't looking good for a couple weeks. You know, the Titans melted down a couple a couple weeks against them, and, and Pittsburgh took that game. And, and since then, they were able to find a way, and, and nothing better than going Arrowhead, right? So, I, I you know, I guess you can't feel great about that as a Steelers fan, probably, with how Kansas City's been clicking, Rube. Hey, Will, you're the prop guy. How many pass attempts are we going to get from uh, Ben Roethlisberger on Sunday against this Chiefs uh, Chiefs defense? Uh, what, what was he at uh, the, his last home game, wasn't it? It had to be like 46, I think 47. Was, I think he was at 32 at halftime. Like, it was nuts. Like, if there's a situation where, you know, the Chiefs hit a big play early, they're down 14 nothing. like, we're going to see Big Ben in his final game dropping back like 60 times. I mean, it's going to get ugly. I, I will put the over under on this one seriously at 45 and a half. Yeah. And I, like, I, that, I that's where I would put that the might line. be low. And I still think that might be low. It, it probably is, but that, that's where I would put the line. I think to open, I put it at 45 and a half and see which side gets the juice. And it's probably going to be the over. Ugh. That, that would be my line though, for real. 45 and a half. So we yeah. covered a couple of games with big time playoff implications. The bills took care of the jets division champs. Speaking of which I talked about my bad beat. Now let's talk about a good beat. Cause I did have Josh Allen under on passing yards as well at two fifty and a half. and a half. And I'm telling you right now, I I've told all of my, my people in the prop shop, I'm seriously debating whether or not I'm going to order a Mitchell Trubisky Jersey because seeing him come on that field, with a little over two minutes left, brought so much joy to my heart and my pocket. The, oh, the, man. The Bears fan on our Zoom call is smiling right now. By the way. <laughs> yeah. I, I liked Mitch. I'm one of those Bears fans. I, I liked Mitch. Uh, I always thought it was naggy, and I think this year we realized that that was uh, – that might have been that might have been the truth. So I, I always liked Mitch. I, maybe I don't agree with us trading up to get him and all that stuff and giving up all those draft picks, but – but I always thought Mitch could play a little bit. He showed some upside. Remember, he he won the Millie Maker for people like three times two yeah. or three years ago. I was playing him. I just didn't get the Millie. Dude, he was he was rushing. He was rushing a ton. He had crazy upside. I mean, I, I remember that. That was that was crazy. He's a perfect backup, I think, for for Allen because I don't think they have to change their offense too much to fit the playing style. 
So, you know, I, I'm with you, man. I, I think we're going to find out real quick if Matt Nagy was the problem. If we see anything better at the quarterback for the Bears this year. And, and I don't care if it's Andy Dalton or, or um, Justin Fields. I'm, I'm almost positive it's going to be Justin Fields. Uh, and, and Luch knows how I feel about rookie quarterbacks. Give them their three years and give them their time, and let's see what happens, right? That, their first year is not going to be great, but it doesn't have to be bad, right? Let's just see the development. And I feel like that's been the issue in Chicago, the, the development. Like, like what, what are we doing here? Yeah, I think the problem has been they've been trying to develop young guys while also competing. You know, they they were in a win now mode. They gave all these massive contracts. Robert Quinn traded for Khalil Mack. You know, they invested a ton uh, and, you know, traded up to get Mitch. Mitch was supposed yeah. to be the guy. Now you go ahead, you trade up again. You get Justin Fields. You you just keep putting yourself in win now positions like they have no first round draft pick. They would have had a top 10 pick this year. So they're kind of stuck in the middle of like they can't rebuild because they have so much invested, but they have this unproven rookie quarterback who I like them throwing him in there, let him take his lumps, but we got it. We're in like a win now spot because of where our cap space is. So it's like they were the worst place to be. Yeah, It's it's almost like they were forced into, or maybe not forced, but like the, the windows are backwards. Like you're supposed to get your rookie quarterback with his, with his deal and then build those pieces around him before you got to pay him. Right. So they kind of did it backwards. And you know, when you play in the second biggest city in America, I think my, I think my geography is right. It got some pressure. You're the Chicago bears. So bold move to trade up and you know what it wasn't the worst move of the last 10 years because we saw the, the browns did with baker mayfield so um we can uh, <laughs> and every other quarterback they've drafted by the way and and i will i know i root for baker and it's just it's ugly and maybe there's a lot more to that situation but i think it's so funny that he does these at home with baker mayfield commercials and guess where he is at home with the Browns, they're a quarterback away. I, I don't you, know. Who do you guys think is the quarterback for the Browns next year? I think that there's there's all those rumors about you know Stefanski bringing in Kirk Cousins on a trade and the Vikings saving like thirty five mil on the cap by doing it, uh, especially with a new coach and new GM. Though they just made those firings this morning, which I know we'll get into. But I, I think it it might be a rumor, but I think it's pretty interesting. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's possible, and I think Baker has one year, and that's it. Because you know how, how, how this goes with the new regime. They'll accept, right, the, the quarterback that one year, and then he's out of the door in next year's draft because they want to get their guy. Because, you know, all these guys want to make a name for themselves too, right? They want, they want to put their stamp on a team. Um, and... I don't think Baker's a good fit for the Vikings, but if they want to get away from Kirk Cousins, it's probably a good idea. The problem is, I'm going to whisper this, I don't think Kirk Cousins is an upgrade from Baker. <laughs> Ducks? I don't I don't hate that take. I don't hate Ducks. that take. I don't. Well, they're a different style of quarterback, but Kirk Cousins is not a winner. Like, I don't, I don't care if he squeaks out of the playoffs in, in one game. He, he, he just doesn't have it, right? I'm, I'm t- it's, I've played enough sports, right, to where sometimes a guy is good, but he doesn't have the stuff. He just doesn't have the secret sauce that's going to get this team to the promised land. And I know he's Mr. You like that. But 
look at his track. He just he he doesn't have it. He he doesn't have the the stuff. I, I can't. It's it's an indescribable, unquantifiable something that you have to have to lead a group of men in any sport: football, basketball, baseball, hockey. You know, he's not an Ovechkin. He's not. You know, he he's not. Um, He's not Dak Prescott, right? And, and when I'm saying Dak, I'm saying Dak has this ability to get the Cowboys and just lead this team, right? Watch Dak and watch the team, and when he's on the field, they think they can win. I'm telling you right now, when Kirk Cousins is on the team, they don't know if they're going to win the football game. Just just look at it. Anyway, what do you guys think? I'm, well, I'm telling you, he just doesn't have it. I don't know, but – I kind of agree. I don't know. Look, look, Redskins, Vikings, what's the similarities? All the talent in the world can't still can't close the deal. And, it's and, no different. Well, look, for time purposes, Rube, let, let me ask you this. Give me your, like, uh, your four word answer on where these two guys are going. Cause we talked about it the last month. Where does Russell Wilson end up and where does Aaron Rodgers end up next season? Yeah, I think that's fun. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I think uh, there's been a ton of links to the Broncos over the past, you know, 18 months or whatever it's been. But uh, so I, I would probably put him there. And then for Russ, I think the most interesting landing spot for him is actually New Orleans. I, I, I know that they're in kind of a cap crisis. I think it would be difficult oh, to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've pushed so much money down the road. They're, they're in shambles, but that would be like the ideal fit for him with Sean Payton. Great and defense, whatnot. control the clock. Yeah. Uh, the one sleeper team for Russ, I think, is uh, the Carolina Panthers as well. Oh, uh, Chiefs eyes are lighting up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Ironically, though, I do still think he goes to Pittsburgh. If you listen to our pod like uh, two episodes ago, you will hear Chief echo your exact uh, – uh, and I, I'm like, oh, you're, you're a stinking home. I like, I, mean, the, I like the Panthers' young defense. Listen, don't yeah, them. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, without Luke Keekley, by the way, man, was was he was he good, <laughs> man? Um, but I get it. Hey, what did Marshawn say? Protect your chicken, <laughs> get your money, and get out. We saw a bunch of yeah. Niners do it, you know. And uh, and speaking of the Niners, there's two more games I want to touch on, and we'll talk about some coaching stuff, and and we'll look ahead here, uh, just for time purposes. Huge win by the by by the former. Patrick will uh, by Patrick Willis's former employer, the 49ers overtime win clinching a playoff berth against division rival Rams. That sounded like a home game for the Niners and, uh, and Sophie, by the way, that was secretly another game that just kind of went overlooked because of the Pittsburgh game and the, the game that night, but <laughs> the 49ers beating the Rams. I mean, that was huge, huge win. I mean, yeah, now they're the huge. shortest dog. They're the shortest dog going into this weekend now. They're live. They're really I mean, they're live this week. Look, super live. I, super okay. Live. As, we'll as get, much, I guess we I guess we'll get there, but that's gonna be a fun one. As much as I've talked about Dak leading this team, and they, I think the Cowboys should win. Should win. They should. I've seen the Cowboys after these big wins all season. I think we've all seen it. Win by 50, lose by 20. It's it's I, I think yeah. I, I'm really scared for the Cowboys this week. Really scared, and I'm not a Cowboys fan at all. I'm I'm really scared they're going to lose this game. It's it's a massive game for the Cowboys franchise. A yeah. a massive game. Yeah, we like they need to put down put down and put away that eight and eight five hundred talk. Like like they need to start 
rating the ship here, and and we'll get. Guess to what? It, the, if they don't win this game, it, they might as well be eight and eight. It's 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 the same. You 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 get all these wins to get the home field advantage for at least this game, and I think the next game, if I'm not mistaken. This one is it. This one and the next one. No, just they're the no, three. Just this they're one. the yeah, three, yeah. so they'd have to go to Tampa. Yeah, uh, if Tampa beats, beats the Eagles, so yeah, just this one. All of that, and you wash it down the down the drain with a loss to the 49ers, That that's a stinker. Well, I, I'm afraid for the Cowboys this week. Last last game, I will bring up unless I'm missing any. You guys feel free to to jump ship after. Uh, just shout out to uh, to my homerness here. The Titans clinching the bye, which was still up in the air. You know, they still needed to win. Uh, at typical Titans fashion, like, made me go outside at halftime and shotgun two beers because, uh, well, in the third quarter it was because that lead evaporated, but they held on. And uh, you know what? I've There's been multiple weeks, and we've talked about some of the clunkers where you would say, did you, would you ever picture Tennessee having the one seed? And there was probably three times this year where I've been like, no way. I mean, obviously missing Henry. A.J. Brown has missed a ton of games. If you look at the splits with A.J. Brown on and off, and that P.A. shot offense, he he's very Jamar Chase-like in what he offers. Yak, big, you know, makes the catches that matter. And, of course, Julio barely played, but he finally scored a touchdown and looked good. And you know what? I'll be willing to forgive all if they, quote-unquote, load manage them a little bit to kind of help in the postseason, but the biggest thing for me is in the second half of that game, for whatever reason, wasn't, wasn't great, but the, the turnaround of the defense that Tennessee has made. And we did talk about this at one point, chief um, Jim Schwartz making a big impact there. You know uh, the, the changes he's made there, Jeff Simmons, the front seven and uh, a good pass rush can hide a suspect secondary. And we've seen that. And uh, just the elite level of play that, you know, Bud Dupree matters. Harold Landry is fantastic. Um, it's going to be fun. I, I don't know what kind of shape Derrick Henry. I, I'm assuming he's in immaculate shape. I hope, you know, I hope he can you know, give us 15, 20 touches uh, for the Titans, but it's been a strange year. And uh, I, I've got a, I've got, got something. I want to see if you agree with it here, Luch as, as a Titans fan, I'm sure watches, you know, a majority of their games. Um, I think AJ Brown is significantly more valuable to that offense, a healthy AJ Brown than Der- even Derrick Henry is. Derrick Henry gets all the hype, you know, he gets, he gets all the, all the glit and glamor without AJ Brown. They're an anemic offense because, because Julio at his age right now. Yeah. He's a good complimentary wide receiver, but he can't win uh, in one-on-one coverage like AJ Brown can. I think the problem is we haven't seen him be on the field. I mean, I think he's played 65% of the snaps, like three games this year. I think he can still win. Um, But I, I, to a degree, I agree with you, but I think it's a scheme thing because there's, you know, everybody bashes Tannehill, but a lot of those routes are two two receiver routes. And if it's not there, what's going to happen? So yep. I do think A.J. Brown is extremely valuable. You know, if I think Julio Brown can be two thirds of what he was for a couple of games. Um, but the line was so bad at the beginning of the year. And that was a big factor of getting better. I do think Tannehill is a good quarterback. Is he a top five quarterback? No. Is he a top? half of the league quarterback. I, I absolutely think he is. And when the Titans were bad this year in those games, they had like three to five turnovers in those games. Like they just came in, in, in bunches. And when you're throwing the ball to Chester Rogers and Nick Westbrook, Akina and Des Fitzpatrick for a couple of games and, and like Jeff Swaim 
and you're bringing in Hilliard and Foreman, who's been good, but off the rip, I, I couldn't imagine being in his position, being like, who the hell is on the field this week for practice? And don't forget, Tannehill had COVID. Julio missed a lot of training camp. The week Julio came back, Tannehill had COVID right before the season. They had no reps. So they got, you know, they, they were totally out of, got waxed by the Cardinals in week one. And I was like, oh boy, honestly, I'm like, here we go. And it's funny how momentum shifts in, in throughout the year. Cause now we're starting to question the Cardinals and the Titans are healthy finally. So it's just, what a strange couple of months. It's, it's been so much fun. I don't know. Got any Titans take for me, chief, before we move on one seed in the AFC? No, I mean, <sighs> Listen, they're off this week, so out of sight, out of mind for me. I um, I might have a hot take, but but it also might not be so hot. Is it warm? No, I think the Buccaneers might lose this week. I, I don't think that's hot at all. Me, I, me, and my buddy are playing these FFBC playoff contests, and we're thinking about some Bucks fades and getting some Goddard and even some Miles Sanders shares in that's, there. That's leverage. I, that's I think leverage. the Eagles. I think the Eagles are super live with all the Bucks injuries that they're dealing with. Right. I, I don't even. I don't even think that's hot. I think the eight and a half number is way too big, and that you know the Bucks are getting it because of Brady's name and because of how good they were. They're dealing with a ton of injuries right now. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, no Antonio Brown is a big deal with Chris Godwin already down. And then they just lost um, – what was the Cyril other guy Grayson, that got hurt? Yeah, pulled he got out. hurt. Uh, Mike Evans is still banged up. Yep. Gronk is going to be fine. Lenny, Ronald Jones. It's – I mean, this is basically like Tom Brady going back to New England. With, with no weapons. That's basically what this is outside of his, you know, one receiver tight end that he'll have. It's the same Let's scenario. Say, Eagles, Eagles have a great pass rush. They're going to put Slay on Mike Evans, and all they have to do is double Gronk. Who's winning in one-on-one coverage for them? Tyler Johnson. Hopefully Lenny's, hopefully Lenny's back. I mean, uh, there's some videos of him looking pretty good at practice and stuff like that, so I, I do think he's going to be full go, and that's – that's good for them to get him back because they are banged up in the backfield. But still, like I'm not <laughs> Lenny's not moving lines for me. You know what I mean? Like that's as good as he he's been during the year and and in the postseason last year. Uh, Lenny's not really moving the needle for me. So I, I agree with you here, Chief. Uh, give me give me the Eagles as a dog. Uh, at, at plus eight and a half is it's like that's that's a big number. no way. That's like, a big number. They they struggled with the Jets. Like what? Yep. Do do we not remember? Shut out, shut out by the Saints. Yeah. Shut out by the Saints. A couple weeks yeah. ago, wasn't that long ago? And they were with struggling the same this cast week with of the characters. Yeah, it's it's it, it's been a the past three weeks for this team has been a huge, huge struggle, and now they get an Eagles team that pretty much rested all of their starters outside of you know a Smith coming in and getting this couple catches to you know get his record or whatever you know like. This could get really ugly for the Bucs, like, within the first eight minutes. Like, Brady's going down at least – Brady's probably going to get sacked at least four times in this game. Deja, at least. Deja vu for Brady, Super Bowl, a couple of years ago. I think they cover. I think it'll be a – they played them extremely tough months ago when, when Tampa Bay was healthier, too. It's a fascinating matchup for Philly because after the whole narrative-y crap, uh, they ran the ball a ton in the second half, which they should have. Tampa Bay, I know they're dealing with injuries, is really good against the run, which is why I think it's fascinating that this is like, this is Jalen Hurts. 
there's a year in Northeastern PA, all the talk about, is he the guy, like how many years are we turning the keys over to him? This is the Jalen Hurts game. This is his opportunity to put that aside because I, I think they might struggle to run the ball a little bit. So let's go Jalen Hurts. Let's imagine, imagine Philly sports radio. If Jalen Hurts beats Tom Brady in a playoff game, Oh, they won't know what to do with themselves after all the crap they talked about Jalen Hurts in the beginning of this season, we end of that last when they year. Won the Super Bowl. Oh <laughs> yeah, just just wait. Again. I mean, it's going to be crazy. The dog master coming back it. out. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I'm rooting for it. It's going to be a good game. But I'm glad we covered that one. So that being said, we'll run through these games. Give me the prediction. What's the score going to be? Let me hear it, Chief. I'll go to you first. Philly, Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. T- listen, Tom's going to score. I, I would say. Give me, give me 27-24 Eagles. Ooh, I like it. Rube? 24-21 Eagles for me. 24-21. I'm going to say 24-21 Tampa. But I, I actually I, – I was, I was kicking the tires on betting Eagles with the points, and I think that's going to happen when we go. Oh, that's the right call. Eight and a half, plus eight and a half is the right Big call. number. Yo, uh, yeah, eight and, a, eight and a half. So, uh, that's jumped right off the page to me. Jumped right off the page where I was like, that's wrong. Well, let's move. This this is going to be fun. We were getting excited about this about 20 minutes ago. And uh, if we go a little longer today, folks, I hope you're at least enjoying yeah. it. We're, we're in playoff <laughs> mode, guys. Yeah. Dallas and, and Sam Fran. There's just, so, there's just so much to talk about with the NFL right now. It's, we, it's the most exciting time. And we're probably not even going to kick the tires on DFS because you can have 10 more shows this week. And It's, it's two-game slates. Like, yeah. it, it will be fine. I wish they would have made a big one. I know with COVID and everything, it's, like, tough. Like, and, they moved, and they moved the one Saturday game to Monday, so we don't even right. get two, three-game slates, which right. then, you know, you got a good Thanksgiving feel to both of them. I, I like those ones. We, you were super worried about Dallas about 20 minutes ago, Chief. Are you still super worried about Dallas now? I am. I mean, I, I think this total is right. You know, we got it sitting at 51 right now. And I'm looking at DK Sportsbook, by the way. But look, I, I when I tell you I'm really scared for the Cowboys, I'm serious. Like, I. Th- you want to hear the matchup for me that I think that I think decides it? Will Kellen Moore go back to play calling against his opponent? So we saw in week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, them have like a 20% pass rate over expectation and then flip the script in week two and they ran all over the Chargers. Is he going to realize how good this Niners run defense has been? And get aggressive early with CD and Amari and even Schultz and Jarwin. They got Jarwin back, which is good. They needed that after losing Michael Gallup. Abandon turning around and giving it to Zeke on first down and second and longs. If if you if we come out in the first quarter and that's the game plan, I mean, Sayonara Dallas. Here's here's where I think I'm I'm a little bit afraid for Dallas. They remind me. Hear me out. They remind me slightly of the high octane Chiefs offense, where if they don't have their pedal on the metal, they struggle. I'm saying sometimes you get what I'm saying because what's going to happen with the 49ers? The 49ers are going to play a controlled football game. They're going to get Debo involved in these running backs and Kittle uh, have a splash player too, but they're not going to push the ball down the field almost the whole game, they're going to make Dallas play, right? And they're going to chew up some clock along the way. 
And if Dallas struggles to score on any of these drives, they're going to be in trouble. And, and that, that's, that's what I think my concern is with them because we've seen them sputter against a team like Denver, like of all teams, just, just come out and just not be able to get it done. And guess how Denver plays? Run the ball, play action, splash play, and then all of a sudden Dallas looks up and they're like, oh, we're not winning? And then, and then they get forced into trying to do uh, uh, play a little bit more aggressive than they should, and they make a mistake. And they get a turnover, and the team gets the ball in good field position. And they look again, they've scored, and now they're down 10. And you, it's like this snowball effect that happens with this team. And that's almost, man, that's almost a game script I see here with the 49ers coming into town. Like, Cal Shanahan is going to coach his butt off this Saturday. I can tell you that right now. Oh, oh yeah. I, He's coaching I have no his idea butt how off. they stop Kittle. I have no idea <laughs> how they stop Kittle. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Listen, uh, we, we I've talked on this pod about how I, I think Shanahan is brilliant and he schemes open whoever he wants. Master game planner. And, it, like, of course, Garoppolo is a liability. And sometimes you don't know what Jimmy's going to show up, but I'll, I'll get you to my thesis. On but but you, guess what, though? If you look up the numbers, they win more with Jimmy at quarterback, that, which may not be saying much. Well, but their winning percentage is way better. I, I mean, like, he just figures out a way – to get his playmakers the ball and he doesn't mess around. I mean, look at the volume from the Rams game. I, you know, I seven targets, Debo six targets and eight carries Kittle, seven targets, you know, didn't have a big game, but seven targets, you know, like he doesn't shy away from, from where the, the cover, like he'll get his guys open. And, and Eli Mitchell is the, you know, the superior bar, ball carrier, ball carrier compared to hasty. And they don't even use Trey Sermon. And uh, I think that's big. Like, He'll get the ball to them. But the thing with Jimmy is, and you saw it in that Tennessee game on Thursday night football is, wow, the 49ers were world beaters in that first quarter. What happens after Garoppolo gets away from those scripted openers from, from, uh, from Shanahan, right? Cause it's just too coincidental that things seem to unravel after the first 15, 20 plays. I, I, I think the beginning of this game is huge for the 49ers. It is absolutely huge. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I agree with that. And I think we're going to know right away what kind of game we have on our hands based on Kellen Moore and Kyle Shanahan's play calling. Love when we get some EPA talk on this pop. I'm glad we got you on Rube. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for joining us, but uh, you're absolutely right. You make a good point. Chief, uh, if you want to move into that Rams Cardinals game, or if you have anything else to say about Dallas and 49ers, let it rip and uh, segue us over there. Um, this, this one feels more like, I feel like it's a toss up deep down inside though. I, I think the Rams are going to win this game. Um, I think it's proven time for Matt Stafford. Um, I think I think it's proven time for for the Rams coaching staff. And here's why: you can't go out and put put bet the farm in the middle of the season at the beginning of the season and don't come out victorious in the first round, right? I mean, think about some of the moves they've made. Now, when they picked up Odell, they were picking him up fully expecting Robert Woods to be there, right? So, so you know, but. You go out, you get Vaughn, you get Vaughn Miller. You you got Ramsey the season prior, or two seasons prior, one of the two. Like, you, you've got all these pieces. You've got Aaron Donald. You go out and make this trade and get Stafford, and the team did improve. It's prove-it time. You got to win this game. 
Like, I don't think people are going to be um, – the organization itself may be a little disappointed in terms of the Cardinals, right, because they're much – they're vastly improved from, from where they've been. But Kyler Murray essentially still has more time. The, the clock's running out on Matthew Stafford. He's got to get it done this week. If not, it, it's going to be ugly in L.A., one of the biggest sports markets in, in, in sports. One of the biggest sports – you got to win if you're in L.A period. Yeah. Ram, Rams are my preseason Super Bowl pick. So that was before they went ahead and added Von Miller. What I, so I like this team a lot. Uh, I agree with you. I think the Rams can pull it out. And I just think it's two teams kind of trending in different directions. Like, yeah, the Cardinals had the big win against the Cowboys two weeks ago, but they're super banged up. Uh, I mean, losing D hop was big for them. Yeah. And whatnot. So I, I don't know. I think the Rams, I think the Rams win this game pretty handedly. Yeah, I think the Rams win. And, you know, you're right. They're trending differently. Cardinals have lost four of their last five. You know, you get Kyler back. You know, Not having Hopkins is huge. I, I, I like Christian Kirk. The Fountain of Youth with A.J. Green is cool. But, uh, man, I think they can run a hell of a lot of man coverage against, against Arizona. You know, keep an eye on Kyler. James Conner has been fantastic, but – I, I I worry about who's going to win on the outside for Arizona in this game. I, I don't know who it's going to be. Um, we got again the game total of 50. You know, uh, listen, the Cardinals have been getting scored on lately too. I had a lot of pieces in that Seattle, Arizona game on the DFS main slate. And I, I was, uh, I came in 32nd in the power sweep, which, you know, it was all right, but uh, I had Metcalf instead of Lockett and that swap. If I would have went Lockett with my Wilson stack, it cost me about 40 grand. So, oh, come on. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't. Oh, I, I was late swapping. I was late swapping around last Sunday and went to Metcalf over uh, Lockett as well. So, trust me, I feel your pain. I was pretty dead in the water after playing JT. So, I was just trying to, you know, make up yeah. some ground, you know, convince myself, oh, more upside with DK. Uh, I forgot that Lockett just uh, absolutely destroys Arizona every time he plays them for the past three seasons. But Lockett versus Lockett versus DK is the biggest mystery in, in, in DFS. Yep. You, you never know. Like I, I keep telling people, I don't know. Like I, I, I've, I've looked at the analysis. I said, Oh, they're playing this coverage. This is going to be better for DK. This is going to be better for Lockett. You play DK Lockett goes off for one ninety and two. You play Lockett DK goes off for 80 and three. You just, I've come to the conclusion. I don't know who it's going to be this week. It's just going to be one of them. That's why you play 150. You play you play one here, one there, <laughs> and on the one week where they both go off, you just better have them both. The Cardinals were uh, or have been susceptible to the run too. Uh, I, I, my pick here is Cardinals. Thirty-one twenty-one. Listen, I, I am I am uh, two Kevin Durant points away from a from a big night. Cardinals and teams it, Kevin Durant on the uh, outside. Sorry, I, I know I was. I, I love, prop, prop. I love this with Chief. He, he's not only is he invested in this conversation. My man isn't missing a beat, sweating these props. That's so you know yeah, you're deep in the prop street. Uh, he's treating you guys well. I bet you he's got a bunch, bunch of stuff out there tonight. <laughs> oh, I do. Uh, Kevin Durant has this is a good day, and I'll even give you the full. I'll give you the full card. Sorry, folks. I know this is NBA, so I took uh the Bryce Young. So I've already hit my Bryce Young prop. Now I'm one point away. And Kevin, bam, 
we're, we're done. Let's let's close there the book. Katie has fifteen now. That 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 one is close. Took Royce O'Neal under seven and a half points. Ended with seven. Took Isaiah Stewart under eight and a half points. He ended with six. And I took Jalen Green under twenty five fantasy points. He ended with fourteen. And I did put that out on my on my uh, video today. And then Katie just closed the deal. That's a, that's a ten x on price. Making back tips. all that Justin Tucker money, you know. Uh, yeah, there you go. There, there you go. Or, or or Big Ben from yesterday, or Joel Embiid. So I needed I needed one one more something from Joel Embiid. Take him at forty. He ended with forty five. They never brought him back on his second rotation. And then Jalen Green got us. Had him under nineteen and a half points, rebounds, assists. He got one rebound before they pulled him out. For the blowout, so those two cards died, but but Katie's going to pull us up off the ground here. By the way, thank you, Katie. Check check out Chief's Prop Shop on the RG Discord channel if you haven't been uh, checking it out for prize picks and, and thrive the whole nine yards. Chief has you covered. Uh, a lot of a lot of um, uh, e gaming stuff early in the morning. I mean, my man Chief over here is grinding around the clock, so all the lot, time. Lot to offer in uh, in your Discord channel with Roto Grinders. Um, Anyway, give me your Cardinals prediction so we can move on. I think they go down. I, I got I got the Rams for sure. All right, I got uh, I got Rams by a touchdown. They cover. They cover. I agree. I think they cover too. Let's we'll have to keep track. We'll score at home this weekend and, and see how we do. Um, okay, we can move to the AFC and, and we'll we'll try to make this punctual. So let's start with the biggest you know lopsided spread here, which is the biggest. I forget when it's the biggest. Uh, margin uh, put out by Vegas in quite some time. Kansas City and Pittsburgh, obviously, and um, we'll see how many times Roethlisberger throws the football here. What's your take on the Chiefs Pittsburgh game? Uh, Will like how how could Pittsburgh win this game? Like I know the outcome might not be favorable, but how could they win this game? If um, Patrick Mahomes goes out for COVID protocols. <laughs> That's it. All That's right. it. If score he doesn't go out, they don't win. Score Period. prediction. <laughs> um, look, I've just I will say this: as much as I like Patrick Mahomes at at plus twelve and a half, I still don't care. That's always better, a more advantageous for me as an investor than it is. I mean, you know the Steelers could score two or three late touchdowns in this game when the, when the, when the uh, chiefs take their foot off the pedal and lose this game by 10 points. And I'm still plus here. So um, give me, I don't think they'll have to kick many field goals. Give me 35, 27 Steelers. I mean, chiefs, 35, 27 chiefs, because I think at some point they're going to take their foot off the pedal and Ben is just going to dink and dunk his way to some points in this game. Rube? I, I liked what Chief said there about the late touchdowns. Uh, I think Big Ben uh, throws a touchdown on his last drive to get the backdoor cover and and makes all these Steelers backers really happy for one last time. So uh, that that's where I'll go with. Uh, I, I think probably like, I don't know, let's let's call it 31-24. I like uh, that too, touchdown, yeah. Touchdown seals the cover, so that's what I'll go with. Uh, okay. It's Kansas city for me. Uh, Najee would have to rip early and often. And I think the only way is the pass rush, right? Like the pass rush goes crazy. It's right. And you made that point earlier about controlling the line of scrimmage against Mahomes, but 
Um, they would, and like, I mean, you got, you got TJ, it, you know, it's in the realm of, and he's probably not even a hundred percent, you know, after playing hurt for a couple of weeks now, but yeah. it has to be the pass rusher, right? Uh, was it the spreads 12 and a half? I just don't know. I'm going to go, I'm going to go 30, 17. They don't cover. And, uh, and it's just ugly, ugly, ugly times. I did, you know, I'm not a Steelers fan. I, you know, I grew up here in PA. Actually, I'm originally from New York, but I grew up in PA. My stepdad was a huge Steelers fan his whole life. Never uh, gave him that uh, gratification of becoming one myself. I just wanted to be different. And uh, clearly I am being a Titans fan, (laughs) but um, I was even a little choked up watching him walk around uh, Heinz for the last time. And I I was too. He probably never thought he was going to play again the season. (laughs) Well, think about this. That was the last game I was sweating. I was sweating the under on 24 and a half on Jarvis Landry. Uh, That was the game. That was the last game I was watching to see my win. So as I'm celebrating all excited, big Ben's on the field celebrating too. So I'll always remember that moment now for uh, forever. That's awesome, man. Uh, good stuff. And congrats again on that dub. Let's let's move on here to uh, the bloodbath. Uh, Bills Patriots again, Chief. Again. Who's going to win this game and why? I'm going with the Bills. Um, I think they're at home. I think this game is important for them. I think Josh Allen's going to play well. Um, and so that that's my read on it. I, I still think they have a lot more talent than the Patriots. Although what I will say is this, I think we would have seen something similar from the Patriots if half their defense didn't sit out last season. Right. Like that, I think that just basically, they just basically threw a season away. Um, But all in all, I still think the bills get the win here. Um, I I think they play well enough to, to get past Belichick here and, and send them back to Foxborough. Score. Oh, give me, I want to go against the grain here on this one. I know this team is probably high octane. Give me 17-10, Bills. Oh, okay. Like it, like it. A little under action from the Chiefs. Uh, Rube, who wins this game and why this week? I'm a, I'm a big Bills supporter. I, I think that the Bills have potential to make a Super Bowl run here um, at home. At Orchard Park, Bills home game. You know the crowd's going to be crazy for this one. Um, give me, uh, give me the Bills. I agree with you. I think, I think it's an underscript here. I, you yeah. know, the Patriots are going to play it tough. Uh, Bill Belichick's going to have them ready. They're going to play it tough. Um, give, give me like seventeen, fourteen, maybe even a little cover. But I agree that I, th- I think it's a, it's a low scoring affair. Weird, weird when three people agree. It's like on national TV. And, you know, <laughs> take the over, folks. I'm also, t- I'm also going with the underscript here. I, I think I agree, and we know New England will be uh, prepared for sure. Um, there's been a couple of games where the Bills were just gashed in the run, especially that snow game. I'm willing to throw some of that out though, uh, but there have been a couple of other games where the Bills were blown up up the middle, surprisingly. Because the beginning of the season, that front four was the talk of, wow, the Bills defense so good, and and I get it. Um, but, of course, I, well, another big one was on Tennessee, uh, edged out Buffalo, and, and Henry had, had a hell of a game, a you know, huge, like, 65-yard run or whatever it was in the middle of that thing. Um, and New England wants to run the football, but, I, you know, that line would really have to dominate because Damian Harris is above average and Stevenson is above average. But I think the Bills will adjust enough and, and try to make Mac Jones beat him. I think it's an underscript. I think Buffalo wins. Mm, let's go with 
mm, 24-14, Buffalo gets the dub. I, I agree. I just – I think they're the better football team than New England, and, and, and being at home is huge, I think, too. So, with you there. What do we have? One more here to, to knock off here with our little prediction segment. And we talked a lot about these teams in the beginning of the show. It's the Las Vegas Raiders against Joey Bengals Cincinnati Club here. 4-5. For some reason, I feel like this is going to be an exciting game. I, I, I don't know why, but I feel like maybe this is the dark horse to be the most exciting game of the weekend. Chief, what's your take on this one? Um, I was trying to see if I could get some uh, some lines on these quarterbacks. I just want to see where we came out at. I think the Bengals get out to about a let's go 13-point lead here. Let's go 13 points early. Uh, I, I think Derek Carr is forced to push the ball down the field a little bit more than maybe he wants to. And uh, I think by the end of this thing, you know, we have Bengals. Hear me out. I'm actually going way over on this one. I think we have Bengals 34, Raiders 24. Okay. Rube, thoughts on this one? I like it. Yeah, give me the Bengals here. Um, I'm I'm not sure how to feel about the over-under here because la- we saw last time out them go with the really run-heavy um, run approach the last time they played the Raiders. I think Joe Mixon had 30 carries. Uh, last time versus them earlier in the year. But, I mean, what we've seen from the Bengals those last two weeks, they're willing to, to you know, air it out and uh, and give Joe Burrow a chance. But I agree. If they get out in front, they're going to control troll the uh, control the line of scrimmage. Uh, give me 28-24 Bengals here. I think it's a little bit closer. I, I do think the Raiders can score on this Bengals defense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Open, opening lines right now, I couldn't – I didn't get them on the uh, – on DK Sportsbook yet, but um, – Joe Burrow on prize picks is at 279 and a half open. Yeah, and Derek, that's and Derek Carr's at 261 and a half. 279. That seems seems high to me off the rip, but it it, it does, especially when earlier this season his uh his his pass attempts and completions weren't as high as you think. Last couple of weeks he's really beefed it up. But believe it or not, Derek Carr's been throwing the ball a lot this season already. Part of that is maybe because they had to play from behind some. Which is why, which is why, you know, I'm. I, I think I think they're going to put their pedal to the metal as this game goes along. I'm expecting the Bengals to get out to a lead, and, and Carr to have to try to try to keep up here. And so that that's that's why I think you know I've I've got the over on this total. I'm at 49 and a half open. I, I think I'm taking the over on that one. You know, my problem is we're in the playoffs, and I'm still not sure how good either of these teams are. Like I know they're good, but like, I don't know. I I'm having the trouble gauging exactly how good they are because we've seen so many variables and inconsistencies and things happen to these teams. If, if the Raiders play that same coverage that they gave, and, that, and that's really what I'm looking at, right? If they play this same crazy coverage that they gave the Chargers, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, and Tyler Boyd are all going for over hundred. I'm serious that there's no way they play that same coverage because Joe Burrow will throw the ball. I want, and look, maybe it's because he was in a group. I watched this team up 30 points and they just kept chucking. Now it is the playoffs. And I think if they, you know, if they, if they, if they get to the point where the Raiders just can't keep up, they'll probably pull Joe out of there. But this 270, this 279 and a half opening line and 261 and a half opening line, that's really what has me intrigued with the over in this total. Yeah, I'm going 30-24 Cincy. You know, I 
I'm having a tr- tough time really gauging both of these teams. Uh, going into last week, the Bengals gave up the third most 20 plus passes. We've seen the numbers on the explosive pass plays that uh, the Raiders have, have actually had this season, despite, you know, not having Henry Ruggs and, you know, the speedster out there and um, Darren Waller was dinged up. Uh, but the chemistry between Carr and Renfro has been fantastic the last, you know, six to eight weeks. Cool stuff. Uh, again, you know, this Raiders pass rush is pretty good. D-line versus O-line. I'm extremely interested to see, you know, the battle in the trenches there to see if uh, Crosby and company can can get to Burrow. I, I think that's the way, the, the path to victory is pressure Joe a lot. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I think this is a bit of a mystery. I do think it has shootout vibes to it. I think it makes sense that it could be a little bit of a shootout. And uh, I'm going 30-24 Cincinnati. And uh, I think that could be, that's the first game. That's the Saturday early game. So that'll be a fun one to, to kick off the weekend, man. That was a, a good rundown. Did I miss anything fellas? Are we, is there anything still uh, out there chief? Am I missing anything? Nah, man, I'm good. Uh, Rube, man, thanks for coming on. This has been incredibly fun. And once again, congrats on your big win. We don't want to overshadow that this crazy football talk. The main story of this podcast it's Jay Rube taking it down, going the distance, uh, bringing in 250K. That's awesome, man. Congrats again. Yeah, thank you, guys. This was awesome. I, I love chopping it up with you guys and, uh, you know, breaking down last week and, and my best ball teams and next week. It's it's right back on the grind for me. I'm I'm right back into playoff best ball drafts, following Eric at Spike Week and all all, all the great things you guys do over at Roto Grinders as well. So uh, thank you guys so much for having me on. We appreciate you. One more time, where can the people find you on Twitter if they want to give you a follow? J underscore Rube 15 is where you can find me. Uh, I'm usually tweeting about sports or bad movie takes. So that that's where, <laughs> that's where you can get find me. <laughs> you know what? We didn't even get to talk about a lot, of, a lot of the coaching carousel. So we'll have to save it for next week, Chief. And I'm sure there'll be more news then. And uh, I saw some Joe Judge tweets on, on Rube's feed earlier. So, yeah. Love making love making fun of the Giants and Giants fans. It's uh, <laughs> my favorite pastime. You'll either gain or lose followers after that statement for those who are still with us. But uh, I guess that's it. Uh, so for my co-host here, my wingman, the Chief Will Priester and uh, Rube, uh, a great guest today. It was fun breaking it down with you. I'm Justin Carlucci. Good luck in Wild Card Weekend, everybody. Stay well and thanks for tuning in.